My name's Nick Higgins, and I'm one of the, uh, the elder pastors here at Darby Creek Church, and it is raining right now, if you can hear it. Um, before we kicked off, uh, kick off kind of a, a brief message here this morning, I just want to ask, for those of you that uh, were volunteers that helped out with uh, VBS, would you just please stand? I want the church to see just how much help we had this week in putting off this uh, VBS that was awesome. Kids, you can stand too because you were part of it too. But wow, praise the Lord. Thank you. All right, you guys can have a seat. So today we're going to talk about how what something that we learned during VBS this week, and that's God's love is out of this world. Did you get that? God's love is out of this world. And a couple of things, actually five things, that we learned this week is this. We learned that God is faithful so we can have the courage to follow him into the, uh, into the great unknown. God has made us wonderfully. We just sang about that, right? God has made us wonderfully so we can praise him. God is powerful so I can cry out to him when I am in need and in times of trouble. God is forgiving, right? So I can take my sins to him. We're going to talk a little bit about that today, too. And then finally, God is compassionate, so we can have compassion on others. And we're also going to talk about that a little bit. So what I want to do is I want to just kind of briefly go over a few things that we learned this week and also talk to you about some of the joy and the excitement that even I have uh, when it comes to knowing Jesus and knowing about who God is. So one of the first things that we learned this week was that God created everything, right? We just talked about that. Right? You guys look at this picture. Take a look up here. What do you see? What did God create? The animals and zebras and birds and monkeys? Okay, that's a good amount. What else did God make? Giraffes? What else? We got a lot of animals. What else did God make? Horses? Did he make the stars? Did he make all the planets? Did he make us? Yes, he did. And did you know? You know this because we learned this this week, right? When God made us, he made us unique and special apart from the rest of creation. Now, how do you know that? How did God make us special? What did he do? We just sang about it. Does anybody remember? A reindeer. How did he... How did he make us special? I'm going to read from I'm going to read from the book of Genesis, and it's going to teach us how God made us unique and special. In Genesis chapter one, verses twenty six through twenty eight, the Bible says, "Then God said, Let us make man in our image, after our likeness, and let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, and over the birds of the heavens, and over the livestock, and over all the earth." and over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. So God created man in his own image. In the image of God, he created him, male and female. He created them. And God blessed them. And God said to them, be fruitful and multiply and fill the earth and subdue it and have dominion over the fish of the sea and over the birds of the heavens and over every living thing that moves on the earth. 
So we see that after God finished creating all of the fun things, right, all the animals, the sky, the stars, he made us. He made us in his image. And you know what that means? He made us to be his representatives on this earth and for everything that's in it. And in Genesis chapter 2, verse 15, we see that God created us to care for the earth and to work it and to keep it, to take care of it. And if we read on in Genesis chapter 1, starting in verse 29, we see how God provided for all of the creatures. The Bible says, And God said, Behold, I have given you every plant yielding seed that is on the face of all the earth, and every tree with seed in its fruit. You shall have them for food. And to every beast of the earth, and to every bird of the heavens, and to everything that creeps on the earth, everything that has breath of life, I have given every green plant for food. And it was so. And God saw everything that he had made, and behold, it was very good. And there was evening, and there was morning, the sixth day. You see, when God created everything, he created us and the world in a very specific way, with a very specific design, both physically and morally. To teach us about this specific design, over time, God gave us his law, the Ten Commandments. And as he created, as created beings, as people who could not and would not be here without the hand of God forming us and without his breath giving us life, our response to God should be one of thankfulness. We wouldn't be here without him. So we should be thankful to him. And we should also trust him and obey him. After all, if he made everything, he would know best about how to live in this world, right? If God made it all, if he designed it all, if he knows exactly how he designed it with the specific things that he did, he's the one that should know best on how to live in it and how to live in that world. So we should obey him. But there's a problem. There's a problem, right? Rather than seeing the totality and the majesty and the beauty of God's specific design, we are tempted to see it as restrictive. That's because we focus on the things that God has told us not to do. We don't focus on all the things that God has given us to do and to enjoy. We focus on the things that he told us not to do. So let me give you an example. We just read in Genesis where God gave everything to mankind to enjoy and even set us in dominion over it. Did you catch that? He gave us everything. Not just some things, not just a few things, everything. And in Genesis chapter 2, verses 16 through 17, to give us an opportunity to trust him and to obey him, because that's what he deserves as our creator, he took one tree. Only one. Out of all the trees that he created, out of all of the plants, out of everything, he took one. And he said to the man that he created, the man Adam, But of the tree of the knowledge of good and evil, you shall not eat. For in the day that you eat of it, you shall surely, what? Die. You shall surely die. And so what happened? Satan came, and he tempted Eve. And he told Eve, ah, God, God's not going to, you're not going to die. You're, you're not going to die. In fact, God knows that when you eat of this tree, you're going to know about good and evil. You're going to know these things. And so that was tempting, because it, like, it was almost as if God was holding out on us. It was almost as if he was holding something from us. 
But the whole, we had the whole creation. We were focused on that one thing. That one thing. And so, Eve ate of the tree. Adam ate of the tree. And now we have a curse. When we disobey God, this disobedience is called sin. And deep down, at the core of our disobedience, is the belief that we know what is best. And that we don't need God, our Creator, telling us how to live. We think we know how we should live. By thinking this way, it's as if we believe that we created the world. And, that, and then, so then, therefore, we place ourselves in a higher position than God. Ultimately, sin is a result of worshiping and trusting and obeying ourselves instead of worshiping and trusting and obeying God, our Creator. And so what happened when sin entered the world, right? A curse came upon the world, and death entered the picture for the first time. Our sin has mangled and corrupted the world. And it's why we have sickness. It's why we have disease. It's why the animals don't trust us. It's why other people don't trust us. In fact, in Romans chapter 6, verse 23, the Bible teaches us something important about sin. The Bible says, For the wages of sin is death. For the wages of sin is death. But does it stop there? No. It goes on. It says, what does it say? But the free gift of God is eternal life in Christ Jesus our Lord. Sin brings death. Disobedience to God brings death. But Christ brings life. Let's go to the next picture. All right, kids. What do we got up here on the screen? What's the next picture? Who is that? Jesus. That's right. And what's Jesus doing? What Does that look familiar? The picture look familiar from what we learned last week? He's holding some bread and some fish, right? So this Jesus, this man, he is God in the flesh. God came to us to teach us in a way that we would understand using flesh, a person, Jesus, the man, the God-man, God himself to teach us about who he is and to show us about how much he loves us. This picture is an example of just how much he loves us. In Matthew chapter 14, verses 13 through 21, this is the story when Jesus fed the 5,000 people. Actually, a little bit more than 5,000 people, quite a few more. And we saw that he used two loaves of bread, and, or two fish and five loaves of bread. Thank you, Thomas. You're going to correct me. He taught it this week, so he should be up here teaching us. So, to feed all these people. But I want to focus on one aspect that you guys might remember from what we learned about Jesus. In Matthew chapter 14, verse 14, the Bible says that when Jesus went ashore, he saw a great crowd, and he had compassion on them, and he healed their sick. This verse here, if you don't realize it, basically summarizes all of the actions of Jesus recorded throughout the Gospels. He came to make people who had been broken by sin whole again. He came to make us whole. The truth is, we all have a disease. We all have a disease, and that disease is sin. Jesus came to heal us. He came to save us, and he came to redeem us. Jesus himself taught us in Matthew 
chapter 11, verse 29. We actually just read it earlier. Charlie read it for us, and I'm going to read it again. Is this verse. Jesus said, Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and lowly in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. The compassion and the love of Jesus drove him. It drove him to heal the broken, to feed the hungry, and it ultimately took him to the cross to take our place and receive the wrath of God that we deserve. Let me ask you kids and adults too. Let me ask you a question. Does anyone know? Did Jesus sin? No. Leah's saying he didn't sin. Any other, any other answers? Did Jesus sin? No. Jesus didn't sin. So why did he die? How did he die? After all, we just learned, we just threw a verse up there, Romans chapter 6, verse 23, that teaches us that the wages of sin is death. So how did Jesus die if he didn't sin? The Bible teaches us that he took on our sin and suffered in our place. 2 Corinthians chapter 5, verse 21 tells us, For our sake he made him to be sin who knew no sin, so that in him we might become the righteousness of God. Jesus took the place we deserve and received the wrath of God. Did you get that? Jesus received the wrath of God, the judgment that we deserve for being sinners, for being disobedient, for worshiping ourselves. So what do I mean by the wrath of God? That sounds kind of scary. Let me give you a clue. Actually, Jesus gave us a clue. In Matthew chapter 27, verse 46, when Jesus was on the cross, when Jesus was on the cross, he cried out with a loud voice, saying, My God, my God, why? Have you forsaken me? Jesus said that. To God the Father, my God, my God, why have you forsaken me? The wrath of God is this. It's complete and total separation from him. And this is our destruction. None of us have ever been completely separated from God. You cannot say, that you have been separated from God. We have no idea what that's like. Even if you don't believe in God, you live in His creation, and you live around His people. So the evidence of His presence, of God's presence, is inescapable. It's here. But the Bible says that if we die without putting our faith and trust in Jesus, we will perish, and we will face the judgment of God and live eternally in a place called hell where God will not be present. That is the truth. So is there any hope? Is there any hope? Did we learn about some hope this week? I'm making a lot of noise. Did we learn about any hope this week? We did. There is some hope. There is a bunch of hope. (laughs) It is as easy as this. Do you guys remember the three letters? What's it as easy as? A, B, C. Exactly right. The Bible teaches us that if we, A, admit that we have sinned and turn away from disobeying God, B, believe in God, and C, confess that He is Lord, we will be saved. Romans 10, verses 9 through 10 tells us, 
Because if you confess with your mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in your heart that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. For with the, with the heart one believes and is justified, and with the mouth one confesses and is saved. So when we do this, the Bible teaches us that God forgives us of our sin. He launches it as far as the east is from the west. We just sang about that a little bit earlier. Or actually, we're going to sing about it here in a minute. I'm getting ahead of myself. He launches it as far as the east is from the west. And he welcomes us in open arms because he wants us to have a relationship with him. He wants us to live with him in his kingdom forever. The Bible gives us a vision of what that'll be like. Let me read to you from Revelation chapter 21, verses 1 through 4. The Bible says, Then I saw a new heaven and a new earth. For the first heaven and the first earth had passed away, and the sea was no more. That's the judgment. And I saw the holy city, New Jerusalem, coming down out of heaven from God, prepared as a bride adorned for her husband. And I heard a loud voice from the throne saying, Behold, the dwelling place of God is with man. He will dwell with them, and they will be his people. And God himself will be them with them as their God. He will wipe away every tear from their eyes, and death shall be no more. Neither shall there be mourning, nor crying, nor pain anymore, for the former things have passed away. Don't you want that? Don't you want to be in that place? I know we're not there yet, but the Bible teaches that we will if we believe and trust in Jesus. Don't you want to have a relationship? with God, and live with Him forever, your Creator? I can't imagine it any other way. So won't you let Him rescue you today? Let God rescue you today. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, I just thank You for this opportunity, this awesome time that we had during VBS this week. Uh, all bringing all of the kids here to, to hear about you and then also to bring all of the, the support and the volunteers and every, everybody that chipped in either before or after. It was an awesome week. And Father, we give it all up to you. Lord, we, just, we know that you've been involved every step of the way and we know that you are faithful to provide for us and you're, you're with us everywhere we go. Father, we thank you for your son who came to die for us, a man who did not sin, yet became sin for us and suffered your wrath so that we wouldn't have to. Father, help us to, to turn away from our sin, to turn away from disobeying you, to turn away from thinking that we know what's best, to turn away from worshiping ourselves. Father, help us to focus and worship on you and help us to see all of the things that you've given us, all of the creation. Help us not to focus on the things that you've told us not to do. Help us to focus on the things that you have given us to do and the things you have given us to enjoy. Father, we thank you for this time. We ask you to be with each one today and help us to enjoy this picnic that's coming a little bit later. In your name we pray, Lord Jesus. Amen.